The Your Mark on the World show is made possible by our sponsors, including Clean Energy Advisors. Welcome to Your Mark on the World, bringing you another changemaker with champion of social good, Devin D. Thorpe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Mark on the World show. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe. I'm a Forbes contributor covering social entrepreneurship and impact investing. And we have an amazing social entrepreneur with us today. Trisha Compass Markham is the CEO and founder of Day One Response, an amazing invention and business, a social venture, helping people with uh, water after disasters. So, uh, Trisha, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Devin. I should really say welcome back. We've had you on before. You're, you've made tremendous progress, though, and it's exciting to have the opportunity to talk to you again. Uh, remind us what uh, Day One Response is. Sure. So Day One Response, we are a company that provides clean drinking water solutions primarily after natural disasters. So you can think of flood, earthquake, you know, hurricane, something that's hit a country such as Haiti or Nepal or the Philippines, and uh, where that's kind of a first disaster, but then the second disaster is really the need for basic need solutions such as clean drinking water. So we are innovators and we sell our solution primarily to address um, the clean drinking water need um, in the field. You know, most of us don't think much about it, but in a flood situation, the irony is, of course, one of the things people need most desperately is water. Yeah, definitely. I think especially for a lot of us that are based in the U.S., you know, we're not faced with uh, where, where are we getting our water on a day-to-day basis. It's pretty easy to get it, you know, from the sink. Uh, but, yeah, I think after, after a flood, after an earthquake, uh, you know, that's not having access to water causes a lot of other issues, um, you know, waterborne diseases, um, cholera, all sorts of things that, uh, you know, affect a lot of you know getting getting back on getting your your feet back underneath you and letting you you know continue with life so it's such a basic need uh, but something i think we often forget or take for granted so uh, tell us about your device uh, re- remind us how this works it's it's a bag people put the dirty water in there and it magically makes it clean uh, tell us about the magic sure so it's, it's essentially you think of it it's a backpack for a family and it's essentially a water treatment device, a water treatment plant in a backpack. So it allows you to collect uh, water from a creek or a stream. And then we partner with Procter & Gamble. And there's a purification packet that you add, mix it up, and then you can actually see the water going from really, really contaminated, mucky, murky water to clean drinking water. So that magic is what's happening in our water municipalities throughout the, the uh, U.S. here, you know, the flocculation disinfectant. Um, so it's just really great because you can visually see the process working. And we really designed it for the end user in mind to make it um, something, you know, as, as low tech as possible in the sense that people from different parts of the world can use it without um, a lot of instruction, uh, particularly in a very vulnerable environment. How many times can you reuse it? And how do you go about cleaning it for reuse with all the water dirty? Great question. So once once you've collected the 10 liters, done the treatment, you wait 30 minutes for the process to happen, and then you can dispense it and you, you have 10 liters to drink. Um, so you can do that. We, our product lasts for about a year. So it's a, you know, add a packet, mix it up, um, drink 10 liters, and then reuse it. 
Um, and it's based on the supply of the packets and the filter. Um, so it's essentially something you can use on a day-to-day -day basis for a family of four to five. We've seen it um, in East Africa, in the Philippines, in Nepal for families of, of eight to nine. Um, so what happens is once you dispense the 10 liters, you are left with just a little bit of water and then the sediment at the bottom, just mix it up, dump it out, you know, bury it or, or flush it down the toilet, and then you can use it again. And the great thing is that disinfecting kind of inherently just keeps the system clean, that you're not going to have a lot of biofilm built, built up in it. Great, great. Now, uh, you are the co-inventor of this product. How did it come about? Yeah, What's great question. story? Yeah, so I was studying uh, civil and environmental engineering at Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo, had um, been involved with Engineers Without Borders, which you, have, you may have heard of, and that's really inspired my desire and, and passion for clean drinking water. And I wanted to pursue a master's degree, and I met a professor, Dr. Trey Lundquist, who had the conceptual idea for a water bag. But he came to me with, you know, a, a, a sleeve that you put a newspaper in. That was basically what he handed me, and he said, okay, let's do it. Um, so I thought it was, you know, going to take us two months, and it took us two years to design the concept, you know, make sure that it works. We wanted to get people in the field to try it out. Um, and so it became a master's thesis, but something I really fell in love with not knowing I was going to start a company, uh, but I wanted to really see it through. Uh, so it was had a great support system with Dr. Lundquist there. But the company has been really successful as social ventures go. You've distributed a lot of these. How many have you distributed now around the world? We've distributed over 20,000 of these. Um, our goal really is to get hundreds of thousands um, there, but we, we are kind of doing this very methodically because we want to make sure we do this appropriately. You know, is it working? Are there any, uh, you know, is there feedback we take in? So one piece of feedback we had is we want the filter to work faster and we want it to last longer. So we actually did a whole redesign. This is after you and I spoke um, after the Nepal earthquake and we did a redesign of our filter so that you don't have to back flush the filter. Um, and it actually can last longer in the field. So we are now at the point where we've piloted in over 20 countries. We've had this in, you know, in Haiti after Hurricane Matthew recently. We're working in East Africa with the drought situation currently. And so we're really at the point where we can scale and get to those large numbers because, as you know, we were saying, it's, it's such a vital need on a day-to-day -day basis. Well, there are literally um, millions of people who are, displaced by natural disasters essentially all the time Correct. Uh, who, who need this uh, resource. So it's a huge, huge need. Uh, who are your primary distribution partners right now, and how does that distribution work? Yeah, it's a great question. So that's actually something that we've really been focused on in 2017 is most of our team is based um, in San Francisco, California. We have a satellite office in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. But what we've learned is you need to have product locally available for a number of reasons, right? But, you know, when a disaster happens, we really want to be there on day one. Um, it's an easier um, transaction for the relief organizations to buy locally. Um, so we actually have distributors uh, both at the in-country level, like in Ethiopia or Kenya, and then more on the global basis that are out of uh, the UAE or Europe that allow us to get in-country. In so it's really essential for us are these partners um, that open doors that we as, you know, a social enterprise don't have the ability to be in every single country we want to. So we have a real rollout plan of how that's going to work. Um, and right now our focus is Ethiopia and Kenya. So are you doing um, commercial distribution to make it available to NGOs who buy them at the 
last minute or are you using NGOs for the distribution? And so they're sitting in a, a Red Cross warehouse now waiting for a disaster. Actually, it's a really great question. We, we do both approaches. So one is we work with private businesses in country um, who maybe already are, uh, you know, distributing, you know, pumps and, and other sorts of water systems to NGOs or to the local market. And so we use them, but they, they warehouse and hold the product. So when there is a disaster, the Red Cross or UNICEF or World Vision can come and purchase from them. And they already, you know, those, those relationships already exist. And we're already working with, with a number of NGOs. Uh, the other part is what, what you were referencing is to have is pre-positioning and having these in centrally located warehouses, you know, with with Save the Children, with uh, organizations in particularly in, in Dubai in a humanitarian city. And that's that's another with, with Kenya, Ethiopia. Um, we have a lot of great partners in Dubai right now that we're working with um, because a lot of product is stockpiled there because of the ease of access to get primarily to um, countries in Africa. Excellent, excellent. Well, this is uh, incredible, important, exciting work. Uh, where do you see it going over the next 12 to 24 months? What are the milestones you're looking to clear? Well, I think, you know, you hit on it just in your last question about, you know, historically we've done a lot of um, pilots or direct sales, and now it's about us being able to scale. And so getting partners uh, that can get us in country or kind of in these global places like Southeast Asia that we, that we aren't right now. So it's about our partnerships and moving from those 20,000 volumes to 100,000 volumes. And we've really identified the pathway to that. And then it, we're not ending with the water bag. We have that distribution network there. Our strength is in water. You know, we see a lot of other needs in the field on other household water treatment systems. And then we really want to tackle, um, you know, I think, one of the big issues of desalination and how can we do that at a much more affordable level. Um, and then, you know, and then ki- uh, build kits, you know, with, with shelters, with sanitation, um, hygiene, things that really make sense uh, for people that really need it. Now, you want to work on a desalination project. I presume that the bag you have now won't desalinate saltwater. Is that right? That's- it's only for what's considered fresh water, you know, so you think of creeks, streams, rivers. Uh, it does not uh, treat for, uh, it doesn't remove salt, so it won't treat for ocean water. Okay. So uh, is the product, as it's now configured, is it affordable to a family that might not have access to clean water routinely? That's another great question. So our business model right now is we sell to a relief organization, you know, or to the military or to government, and then they deploy it. Um, They don't sell it, but they deploy it down to the household level. So how it's configured now, it's not the model to sell direct to a consumer who needs the product on an everyday basis after disaster. However, like you said, there are people all over the world. So we are working on, uh, we have this available in retail, but are working on different places, particularly even in Latin America, um, where we can make this a more affordable product um, on, so that, you know, people can have this for six months, for a year if their normal water systems aren't working. So, again, that's, that's our ability to scale, get the product out there. To create, you know, those partnerships are so essential. For right, right, right. Now, it, this also has some appeal for the military, not in uh, disaster relief, but in the field for the people who are operating in the military. Uh, how have your discussions gone with uh, the military? 
Yeah, so we actually, when, when we launched Day One Response, we did with the U.S. Navy and the Thai Marines, because um, they were really looking at household or what they call troop-level water purification system. Um, and so we've continued that. And so our work with the humanitarian agencies has really built and given us credibility to come back with the U.S. Navy, with the U.S. Army. And so we're working uh, with these divisions because, like you said, they experience a lot of the same issues, um, not having access to clean water in whatever um, you know, different country that, that they're working in. Yeah. Well, Tricia, you're an amazing individual, and a lot of people admire you for the work that you're doing, but who do you look up to and who inspires you? Yeah, I, you know, I, I get asked that question often, and I think I always go back to my own mom. Um, you know, we, she and I are really different in our background, um, but we're very similar kind of in our persistency and our passion and our, I think our, she's, she really built the, and instilled in me the, the idea of kind of looking beyond yourself. Um, so I think kind of just going back to, to my mom and then remembering, you know, what, what's important, but to continue to have that drive, um, as well as to keep a sense of humor about things too. Excellent. Trisha, you obviously are brilliant. You can do anything. Why pursue this? Yeah, you know, I, I think it goes back to when I um, when I was in college and developing this, you know, a normal thesis, you know, you, it doesn't matter if something succeeds or fails. You have a hypothesis, you try to prove it, you write a report, you close that report out, you get your degree and move on. And for me, this was much more than a report. And I think being able to see the, the need in the field. I've had a lot of experience travel to you know, Thailand, Nepal, Haiti, and there's a world that I don't necessarily live in on a day-to-day basis here sitting in San Francisco, but I know it's out there. And so being able to create a business, you know, that I can work on a day-to-day basis to provide a life-saving solution. I mean, I don't, there's nothing better. You know, I, I want to do this all the time. Oh, fantastic. Tricia, what is your superpower? <laughs> my superpower I uh, you know when we were talking earlier I had to maybe steal your superpower <laughs> and uh, I think that's persistency um, and I, I think it's you know it's just that that pushing 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 not giving up you know it, I think all of us run into different challenges and problems throughout the day but know that we can solve it um, and, and but trying to do that efficiently resourcefully um, this, this, that can be a challenge, but it's something I really thrive on. Fantastic. Uh, Trisha, we really appreciate you taking the time to be with us today, and uh, we're excited about the great work you're doing. Before you go, take a minute and tell people how they can learn more about Day One Response and how they can connect with you personally. Great. No, thanks, Devin, and I really appreciate the time. So uh, I think the easiest way is people can go onto our website, which is day one, D-A-Y-O-N-E, dayoneresponse.com. Uh, you can check out what we're doing, watch our videos. If you're interested to sponsor a bag or buy one for yourself, you can do that. And then there's a contact us um, that you can go there, um, let people know you, you saw this interview with Devin, and I'd be happy to have a conversation with you and, and see how we can uh, – you know, see what we can do and what partnership we can create. Fantastic. Well, Tricia, we wish you every success in the great work you're doing to help more people get more clean water after a disaster. Thank you, Devin. Appreciate your time. All righty. Let's do some good.
Clean Energy Advisors creates investment opportunities in the renewable energy sector that provide clients with a predictable income, preservation of capital, and positive impact. Clean Energy Advisors is committed to providing clients with investment opportunities with both market rates of return and measurable impact. Thank you for listening. This podcast was recorded via Google Hangouts on Air and is available at youtube.com forward slash Devonthorpe. Subscribe to this podcast on Stitcher or iTunes by searching for Your Mark on the World. Every weekday, Devon hosts a CEO, celebrity, entrepreneur or other changemaker here on the Your Mark on the World show to inspire and prepare you to make your mark. Devin is a champion of social good, writing about, advocating for, and advising people who are doing good. He is a Forbes contributor who is a recognized thought leader in social entrepreneurship, impact investing, and crowdfunding. To book Devin as a speaker, visit devinthorpe.com. Learn more about Devin's work at yourmarkontheworld.com.